Bethany Church. Welcome to worship. My name is Dennis Fulton and Pastor Joyce thought it would be interesting if I shared what I've been doing since I quit working. I'm actually involved in a medical school which is located in Yakima. It's called Pacific Northwest University of Health Sciences. It's about 16 years old. One of the programs at Pacific Northwest University is something they call Roots to Wings. And it's where medical students uh, mentor uh, children from the Yakima Nation as well as Hispanics. So one of my projects over the next few months is going to be to try to replicate that program on this side of the mountains with the Puyallup tribe. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Bethany has learned to be an affirming and inclusive community. All are welcome here. Welcome to you if you are hopeful or weary, fearful or trusting, black, brown or white, straight, gay, lesbian or transgender, joyful or grieving. This is a place to remember I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Please say that with me again. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. All are welcome to this space because God has welcomed each of us, strangers and friends. We are welcome to one another. Here are a few community announcements. The Sandwich Brigade is doing extremely well. Thank you each and every volunteer. 200 sandwiches will be delivered to the Nativity House each Monday morning. A few more drivers are needed. If you're available, please contact Elder Linda Greer to volunteer. A new study group for any and all raising children met this morning to organize. The course Raising Anti-Racist White Kids is beginning. There is still time to join. Contact Laura Johnson, or the church office to register your interest. And we are tracking worship attendance again, so especially want you to welcome those who are worshiping with us for the first time. We invite everyone to register their attendance by using the online registration form or on the front page of the church website. We would like to know if there will be a graduate in your family this spring so please uh, contact the church office if, if that is the case. Easter is coming. I know it's unbelievable. <clears throat> but first, we will worship together with our ecumenical partners online, Good Friday at 7 p.m. Easter service, Easter service, sunrise service will be outside at 6.48 a.m. Join us on the grass overlooking Commencement Bay. Please wear a mask. We will participate again with our Jewish and Muslim friends in our interfaith encounter on Tuesday, March 23rd at 7 p.m. on Zoom. Please register your intent to attend. I would like to learn more. Uh, if you would like to learn more, contact our church administrator, 
Katie Sutliff at Bethany Press Tacoma at gmail.com. Good morning, Bethany. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaim God, God's handiwork. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. We worship this God together. the time in our service when we quiet our hearts and reflect on our own souls, where we need to be forgiven, where we need God to meet us and make us whole. So for our prayer of confession today, I'm using another selection from Psalm 19. Please join me in prayer. Holy God, your word warns us of danger and directs us to hidden treasure. Otherwise, how will we find our way or know when we play the fool? Clean the slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. Keep me from stupid sins, from thinking I can take over your work. Then I can start this day sun-washed, scrubbed clean of the grime of sin.
These are the words in my mouth. These are what I chew on and pray. Accept them when I place them on the morning altar. O God, my altar rock, God, priest of my altar. Amen. Now let us join in singing the Kyrie. assured of God's forgiveness. When we confess our sins, Jesus the Christ is faithful and just to forgive us our every sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. We are on this journey of life together. The road is before us. So now, as a community of friends and family, gathered in spirit, I offer you the peace of Christ. May the peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another with the peace and love that is God's gift to us this day. Take a moment to write your blessings in the comments section and check in with your community. Hi, Bethany family. I hope you all are doing really well. So for the past couple weeks, we've been talking about Lent. And Lent is a time where us as Christians try to make space in our lives. We might give something up. We might do something. But it's all different things that we do to try to get closer to God. And to also try to think about our actions and think about what we can do in our life to uh, make ourselves better. It's kind of like a spiritual spring cleaning a little bit. So the, we've been reading this book called Lent, a uh, Make Room, a children's guide to Lent. And the chapter we're reading today is called Making Room. Um, when Wherever Jesus went, people wanted to be near him. Some were sick and hoped Jesus could make them better. Some had questions and hoped Jesus could give them answers. Some felt dirty because they had done bad things and hoped Jesus could make them clean. Some were hungry and wanted food. Some were lonely and wanted company. Some were angry at the unfairness of the world and hoped Jesus could set things right. So it sounds like a lot of the same reasons we pray today for Jesus. So many people needed so many things. Sometimes Jesus got very tired, but he never turned anyone away. His friends worried about him. They tried to get him to rest. They shooed away the children. They tried to send the crowds home, but Jesus said, let them come. Everyone is welcome. The kingdom of God is like a giant feast. All kinds of people will come to it from every place and time. But some people did not like the way Jesus made room. Look at him, they said. He chooses the wrong friends. He should know better. He cannot be a good man if he spends time with bad people. But Jesus kept inviting people in. 
Through what he said and what he did, he sent this message. We can always make the circle bigger. There is room for all around God's table. During Lent, we make room. We invite a neighbor to our house to share our soup or during these times, leave soup on a doorstep. We make cards and decorate them, then send them to people who are sad or sick or alone. We try hard to see people the way Jesus saw them. So think of some ways you can make room this week, even in a pandemic. What are some ways you can reach out and let people know that they are loved? And uh, speaking of this, I want to mention something that our Christian Ed team has put together. Um, there is a... Um, course that's being offered to all Bethany families called Raising Anti-Racist White Kids, a step-by-step -step guide to parenting for racial justice. And uh, this is a course offered by Dr. Jennifer Harvey, and it's going to be facilitated by our own Laura Johnson. And um, it's a really nice opportunity because this this usually costs a good amount of money. It's going to, um, I believe, 10 courses that are gonna be offered. There'll be Zoom sessions online. You'll uh, meet together once a week. Laura should have sent you a letter. Um, it was a really beautiful letter. I got one and um, letting you know about it. We don't have a time set up yet. So if you were confused about why there was no date, it's because once you sign up, Laura wants to meet with all the parents and find out what time's best for everyone to kind of have a face-to-face -face chat about what you're learning about. And I think this is a really good opportunity as people of Bethany to um, learn how we can love all God's children the right way. And um, so I hope that you guys reach out. If you don't have Laura's information, you can always send an email to Bethany letting them know that you'd like to attend, or you can send me an email. It doesn't matter. We'll make sure that you get on the list. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Sunday, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. The Old Testament reading, Exodus 21 through 17. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven or above, or is at the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation for those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name, the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but on the seventh it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in our towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female, slave, or ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now the New Testament reading from Romans 13, eight to 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal or covet. Any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfillment of the law. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Our gospel lesson comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 34. We listen for God's word for us. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first married, and when he died, left no children. And the second married the widow and died, leaving no children. And the third, likewise. None of the seven left children. Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, it is, not this the, is not this the reason you are wrong, that you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the story about the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God, not of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. One of the scribes came near and heard him disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked, Which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and beside him there is no other. And to love God with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all of, the, all of oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Then Jesus saw that he answered wisely and said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask Jesus any question. The word of God for the people of God. Please join me in prayer. Oh God, we open your word and we study and we ask questions. We try to understand what your word, your living word means for us today on our journey. Guide us as we ponder the word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Rules and laws help keep us safe. They can be framed as don'ts or as do's. I took driver's ed when I was in high school at Puyallup High School. The simulators were up at Rogers High School. I had behind the wheel training as I prepared to take my driver's test. It was just as bad as I had imagined. That officer was full of don'ts. Don't turn there. Don't stop there. Don't do that. My dad was the one who really taught me how to drive, and I still live with his dues of how to drive. He said, do drives, drive as if you were playing chess. Keep track of every driver around you and anticipate their moves. He said, do yield to the car on the right when they get to the intersection first, let them proceed through. Do enjoy parallel parking. It's all about the angles. That's helped me a lot, especially in big cities. And I did pass my driver's test. And I, like many of you, have driven hundreds of thousands of miles and I say my dad's prayer every time I slip into the seat of my car. Lord, preserve us going out and coming in. For you know, a car is a lethal instrument and can cause such trouble in the blink of an eye. So I appreciate the rules that guide me on the journey 
as a driver. And I hope that my driving is a blessing to others and I don't cause other people to curse because of the way that I drive. Because I've had the privilege of traveling safely to so many interesting destinations and have met so many of God's people. The people of Israel were traveling with Moses through the wilderness. They are renewing their identity as the people of God, as the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They're no longer slaves living by the laws of Pharaoh in Egypt. And now they are children of the one true God. And God gives them laws. The Ten Commandments are given to them to keep them safe on the journey of life. The first three laws deal with their relationship and our relationship with God. The final seven commandments deal with how we are to be in relationship with one another. Worship only one God. God wants all of our attention. Use the Creator's name carefully. Treat it with respect. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I love the gift of Sabbath. I like to think of the Creator resting after six days of creation and inviting us to join as well in the work and in the rest. This can be a gift that lifts us all up, princes and paupers, for we are all, call, are all called to rest for a day. Some of us would like to go back to the blue laws that closed all businesses in our nation on Sunday, but I don't think we'll ever return to those days. But we do want to make sure that everyone is paid fairly, has a living wage, and has paid time off. Is that a privilege or is that a right? We are in charge of making sure that we care for one another in our day so that people can make room for themselves to find their own Sabbath. Nobody is going to make you do it. Rather, you need to claim that gift so that you can rest your body, your mind, and your soul. We can help one another do this as the Bethany faith community. And I'd love to talk about it while we are here because we can help each other in our Sabbath keeping. These laws are profound laws to help us keep a strong and healthy relationship with Almighty God. And then as we look at these seven laws that help us live in relationship with one another, Relationships that keep us healthy and strong. Honor your father and your mother. This dance takes on more and more meaning as we age and get to care for our aging parents and help them through their final days. As our lives were consumed by the birth of a new baby and a family, so our lives become consumed with caring for our parents. We do this to honor them. And we hope that one day we will be honored in the same manner. Life is sacred. Taking another person's life is not an option. Honor your marriage vows. Stepping outside the marriage covenant to find intimacy with another is a bad idea that will eventually break your heart and the hearts of those around you. Keep your hands off of things that don't belong to you. Respect the possessions of others. Speak carefully about your neighbor. The marketing world may tell you that you need more and more, especially if it belongs to your neighbor. Be satisfied with what you have. Ten Commandments. We teach them to our children and we seek to obey them as adults. You may notice that I tried to reframe all of the don'ts 
into dues. The first four are all dues. The last six are don'ts. But you know what? It's easier to remember the don'ts and the thou shalt nots. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. As we studied these texts together, some learned these as little people, and none of us knew what they really meant. Can we keep these laws? And if we were Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and priests in the days of Jesus, we would have known these 10 laws and the 620 other laws that are found in Hebrew scriptures. In my preparation for this sermon, I stumbled into Leviticus chapter 19. I already knew that the Ten Commandments were written down in Deuteronomy 5 as well, but I had no idea that they were repeated in Leviticus 19. Some of those other 620 commandments are in that that chapter of Leviticus. I find it fascinating that those laws, the Ten Commandments, are repeated, and then it tells everyone that if you're going to harvest your field, make sure you do not harvest to the edge, but leave the edges of your fields to be harvested by those that are hungry and in need. Don't pick all the grapes, and don't pick up the grapes that are on the ground. Rather, leave them for the poor. Respect the alien in your midst. Make sure that you care for the alien, the stranger. Wonderful laws that were to be kept by the Israelites. Surely these laws helped everyone live together. But the age-old question that has been asked by rabbis and believers, what is the number one law we are to obey? obey? Jesus was asked this question several times. And Jesus usually goes back to the Shema from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God and Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength. And then Jesus adds the second. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, which is also found in Leviticus 19. We are to love ourselves. We are to be kind to our bodies and our minds and our souls. We're to treasure them and protect them. And we are to love our neighbors in the same way. The Apostle Paul, as we heard from Romans, got this message loud and clear, and he taught it wherever he went around the Mediterranean. And in our gospel lessons, some Sadducees came to the rabbi Jesus to engage him in a dialogue, a normal kind of dialogue around scripture. They wanted to know about the resurrection. They were skeptic. But they knew the laws of progeny and the laws that required them to care for women who lost their husbands. We recall for them that life eternal came through bearing children and being remembered by your children. Not so much this resurrection thing. Jesus answers them in a way that is very surprising to them and maybe to us as well. There is no marriage in heaven. Each one becomes as an angel. Well, this is a new concept, an equality for we created beings in praise and adoration and service before the throne of God. And then a scribe says, okay, Jesus, then what is the most important law? What's the first principle? How are we to judge all the laws? And Jesus says, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And those shall not fade away, and we become responsible to love our neighbor. How do we figure out how to do this? To love our neighbor, we have to know them. We have to look at them and listen to them and respect and love them. This is a high calling, and this is our calling. 
You know, I've never lived in a Christian nation. I've heard the pleas of those who say that we must make this, the United States, a Christian nation again. But in my reading of history, we've never been a Christian nation. And there have been some who have demanded that we put Ten Commandments on our public places, in our public places, on buildings, and that this would save us as a nation. Theologians and sociologists write fascinating papers these days on how a nation can have a moral compass when there is no undergirding moral standard. They help us ponder if this is possible. Really, in our society today, we're experiencing deconstructionist thinking, where everyone gets to claim their own truth. And we make more and more laws. In several places where I've lived, I've gone to the county clerk or to the public library and asked to see all the municipal codes. And I have always been amazed that there are rules about everything in the neighborhoods and the cities where we live. And most of the laws we don't even know, unless we go searching for a law when we're upset with a neighbor. Many of the rules and laws are not enforced, but they're still there. And I won't even go into judicial law and precedent set by previous cases. We hire a good attorney so that they will know what the precedent law is and apply it to our case. And of course, there are many different jurisdictions and many different laws, and we don't get lost in 630 Jewish laws. We get lost in the millions of laws in our time, in our land. So, when I was a little kid, I used to have friends, you probably did too, and we would be invited to go to our friends' houses to play. And as we entered that house, we found that there were different rules at that house than at our home, and a different atmosphere. And we learned how to move according to the rules of that family. My grandchildren, during the cold days of winter, as a homeschooled family, went over to visit another homeschooled family. The family I'm speaking of has six of our grandchildren, and they went to visit a family with 12 children over in Port Orchard. It was a really cold day, and I know that the parents were hoping the kids would play outside, but it wasn't going to happen. It was rainy and nasty. So the kids sat and played Monopoly all afternoon. My grandchildren had to debrief this event because all the rules for Monopoly had changed in that family's house. And as they reflected, there was no way anybody would ever win this game, and they were distraught that this family did not follow the rules. When we move into somebody else's house, we have to honor the rules of their home. Some of you have married into a new family. You've had to learn a whole different way of being. Others have moved in different institutions where you have to learn the rules. Some have joined a branch of the military and figured out the chain of command. Some have lived in foreign countries and learned the rules. Laws and rules are good because they should make sure that everyone is loved and cared for. Laws are not bad unless they are used to divide and protect privilege and to oppress. We are to be ever vigilant and follow Jesus, who tells us simply, love God and love your neighbor. And it starts at home and in our own neighborhoods. During this COVID time in Virginia, I walked the neighborhood where we lived in Virginia twice a day. I discovered that parents were using the public parking lots around where we lived to teach their kids to drive. Even on icy days, when they could learn how to slip and slide and manage a car, a vehicle, out of control. I always made a point to stop and encourage the parents and the kids with a good job, especially as they change drivers. 
I loved my neighbors and loved seeing them do this and prayed for them. I also sewed masks for my neighbors on our third floor of a condo building. It was a lovely way to meet the ones I had not met before. Some of you know we bought a little home in Alma recently from a Christian couple that wanted to love their neighbors. They created a neighborhood watch. They organized block parties with neighbors. And last week I was given the list of all of my neighbors from another neighbor who wanted to make sure that our previous homeowners had created this list. It had everybody's address, phone number, email, and all the names of the pets in our neighborhood. I know that when I was given that list, I have a responsibility to love my neighbors. Loving God starts every single morning. We must make a choice as the sun rises and moves across the sky to love God every day. And we must decide every day to love our neighbors. So I encourage you to love a neighbor today. And you know when we do this, you and I will fulfill all the law and the prophets. Thanks be to God. You can't hide love. It shows up where you least expect it. In places where food is scarce. In the rubble of a disaster's aftermath. Where water is hard to come by. Where home is a tent in a foreign land. 
in the middle of a pandemic. Love seeks us out. One Great Hour Sharing has sought to minister to people in need all over the world for more than 70 years. The work we have done behind the scenes responding to disasters, feeding the hungry, providing water to the thirsty, and empowering those who have been marginalized may not make headlines. But eventually, you just can't hide love. Join us in our pursuit to show God's love all over the world. Give to one great hour of sharing. You will note that there is not an 11th commandment in our Ten Commandments that says, Thou shalt give an offering to your church. If we looked at the 630 laws in the Torah, we would find that there are many laws about offerings and sacrifices and gifts. But as New Testament people who follow the Christ, there is no requirement that we give. Rather, when we do give, when we make a pledge, when we tithe, when we bring an offering, we do so because we are grateful and we love giving. Friends, thank you for your generosity to this congregation so that we can move together as people in this time on this journey to be faithful. As we move to a time of prayer together, I invite you to use the Facebook chat feature and share your prayer concerns with the body of faith and maybe even a joy that you would like us to know about. So let us move then to prayer. Jesus Christ, the healer,
Gracious and almighty God, you are the author of all life. And we give you thanks for the gift of this day and the gift of the opportunity to live and move and have our being in you. As we are given manuals to put together appliances and electrical devices, we are amazed at how we must follow the rules to make things work. Thank you that you have created a manual, a set of rules for each of us, that you love us so much that you're willing to guide each of us in how we should speak and how we should think, how we should walk and care for others, for you know what is best for each of us. We thank you, almighty God. As we give thanks for each of our lives and your love that showers us and makes us want to love you more and love each other. We as a community of faith bring before you those that have lost loved ones in recent days. We pray for the family of Bev Clark as they grieve her passing. Thank you for her long life in your presence. We also bring before you those that are receiving treatment for cancer and dealing with all the side effects. Oh God, we ask for healing. And for those facing tests and procedures in the coming days, guide all those who walk with them. We pray for those that are healing from falls, where we need bones and ligaments to be prepared, repaired. Thank you, O oh God, that you are bringing healing. And in this time, we thank you for the gift of a vaccine for the miracle of modern medicine, of people who are willing to donate their lives and their gifts and their talents to discern how things work, oh God. For you have created this amazing universe and you're asking us to explore and learn and discover so that we can be agents of healing. Please provide this vaccine to all that need it. Help our leaders in the community to open the doors so that all can be vaccinated, especially those that are on the margins, those in, are homeless, and those in prison. We also pray for those in our country that are suffering from major weather disasters. We think of people in East Tennessee. Bring healing and recovery, we pray. God, there are places in our world where there is so much pain and conflict. We are courageous people who ask for peace. For we follow the Prince of Peace, who taught us all to pray, saying together, Our Father, our Mother, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Receive the benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which you see in Jesus the Christ. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted support the weak, love and serve the Lord as a good neighbor, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the love of God will go with you. Amen. Treasure that I keep, you are my home.
break